Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to New York Talk. I think I've got a new job by the looks of it. Uh, introducing the podcast now because, uh, well, eh, we'll just keep people in suspense to find out whether it's working or not. Um, Matthew, would you like to tell us whether or not your voice is working now? <laughs> it, it has come back for the most hey! part. Yeah, hey! I can talk. <laughs> Uh, four days later, and I can just about talk. What a, what a, what a time to be alive, guys! Um, I tell you what would have been really bad. What would have been really cool. bad is if you had to talk to people on phone for a living. I know. Oh wait! squeak, the man. New York talk. It was, and it calls us to delay our talk with Chris Cedric as well because we just couldn't get through another hour. Um, so we'll do, we are going to still do the Chris Cedric episode. Um, <laughs> later on, later on. Uh, Mick, you do good at that. What? Intro. No, I didn't. I say a job in your future. Listen, I, I, I've got my career path well and truly mapped out for me, mate. Have you? Yeah. Yeah. Go it on. involves retirement. Oh, retirement. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so, yeah. Oh. Um, so yeah, we have business time. It's business time, isn't it, boys and girls? Seven games nice. left. Starting with Charlton. It's getting serious now. <laughs> it's getting properly serious. Um, so we'll go through all the good goodies uh, that's coming up on Saturday. Ref watch predictions, lineup predictions. Um, and yeah, Danny's with us as well. Should we interest Danny as well? We just seem to have lost all the fact that Danny's with us, mate. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> <laughs> you need to get you need to introduce everybody, Mick, when you do it. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I I was just too keen <laughs> to find out whether your voice were working or not. It just <laughs> I'm not hurting uh, anything. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's going to be a tough game. We know well, it's one of those games, Mick. It's difficult to know exactly where to start. Let's start with the big news in goal. Um, we mentioned it on the last podcast that it was a bit of a worrying sign that Vickers wasn't on the bench at Wembley. Um, and it turns out that it is really, really, really bad news for Josh Vickers. Um, it looks to be three months out, which should hopefully bring him back in time for a good pre-season. Uh, in his interview, Mick, Paul Warren said it could have been nine months, which for a hand injury would have been terrible. Um, Has it fallen off? <laughs> How can you get a hand injury that's like going to put you out for nine months? It might depend on which bone it is that he's broken. If it's one of his fingers, then yeah, it could be three months. But if it's one of the bones in the inside of your hand, then he's basically Mm. cooked into. I suppose. Yeah. Um, But yeah, talk about from from Vickers' point of view first of all, Mick. Um, It's a it's a blow because this has probably been the form of his life, I imagine. 
Yeah, it is a blow for him, and I, and I do feel for him. I do feel sorry for him. It's uh, he has. He's been absolutely outstanding so far this season. He really has, uh, and he's obviously kept us in quite a number of games. And I don't know. What, I'm sure both you two boys will know his clean sheet record uh, and percentages and and everything else. I don't. I just know it's a lot. Um, so yeah, he's going to be. It, it's a blow for him, as for us as a club. I don't see it as a as a major problem at all. The the biggest problem it presents us with is we've only got one reserve keeper now. Mm. Um, you know, I, I've seen obviously a lot of uh, a lot of the the, the Twitter arty getting out in force, saying how what a, what a what a desperate desperate situation it is for us, and it's now going to keep us out of the promotion. Uh, picture and everything else, which is which is great. I mean, if that's what you think, that's fine. Uh, I mean, We're all entitled to opinions, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, very funny, very amusing. Kept it made me smile today for a bit. But so, yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's because, but I don't think from a Rotherham United point of view, it's a massive issue. No, I mean we are replacing the man with the highest percentage of clean sheets in League One this season. We're replacing him with the man with the second highest. Percentage of <laughs> <laughs> in league one this season. Um, oh, we're absolutely breaking it, aren't we, lads? Oh dear. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, we, we said before the Wembley episode, Danny. It, on, it really, really doesn't matter who goes in goal because they're basically as good as each other. Well, I think it does matter who goes in goal. I mean, if I went in goal, we'd be screwed. Well, we? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. Like, like you say, we're replacing first with second, clean sheets-wise, which is an absolutely insane stat for one club to have. You know, we've, we've effectively got first and second best goalkeepers in the division on our books. Um, and I like to... Th- well, I know that a few fans on Twitter have been... Piping up's the wrong word, but we'll go with that. Um, that have been piping up about our reserve keeper situation. Like, lads, the one who you think is our reserve keeper is the young lad beside from Sheffield United, who has also been doing quite well on loan at Frickley. Mm. You know, so yeah, it is, it is a little bit of a concern that we've now got the starting keeper and the reserve keeper and then no one waiting in the wings, if you like. Um, but if anything should happen to Viking, which I can't really see happening because he's made of some element that we haven't discovered yet, um, <laughs> then we can always we can always bring in, you know, like a, a, an emergency loan keeper, which is... It's just viable, but it, like we said, Victor's like second best keeper in the league by the numbers, and he has effectively won as the EFL trophy single handedly in goal by saving what is it, three, four penalties throughout throughout the competition, which again is an insane stat for a goalkeeper because it, even if you ask um, <clears throat> Ben Foster on his YouTube channel, saving a penalty is the hardest thing a goalkeeper can do, and Victor saved four in one cup competition, which is insane. Um, but it's absolutely gutting for Vickers that he can't see out the season. Um, but with that, there is a little bit of a silver lining that he should be with us next season. Because um, if we give him a good pre-season and he comes back to fitness, it will effectively be with us, won't it? Because his options are signed for a club with with a broken hand, which I don't think many people want to do, or stick with us, see out another season and then go from there. So... We'll have two of the two top goalkeepers in the championship, fingers crossed, next season. Um, but now it's time for for Victor to crack on and I think uh, get us promoted now, which I'm sure he will do. Because after reading his thoughts after the EFL trophy, he's absolutely buzzing to get the job done now. Yeah, I imagine he is. Hey, we've got with us. Gav Grundy's with us. Thank you for joining us. Gav, Harvey Kelwick, Mark Gambles, YouTube viewers says, Good evening, gentlemen. Trust everybody's come back down to earth now and got our voices back, mostly. <laughs> uh, Paul Brock's with us. Uh, S64 Miller, Paul Rock says, nice to have my voice back, uh, as well as David Bateman says, says the same as well. Donald Linder's with us, and Jerry Ann Simpson points out, I think Wigan should be more concerned with their injuries than with ours. Yeah, it looks like James McLean's out from, if not the season, most of what's left, which is not much. And I think Curtis Tilt is also out for the season as well. Um, what's, yes. uh, what's happened to McLean? Has he tripped over his own ego and got <laughs> his toe off? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, with, 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 <laughs> um, the only thing that worries me about that, is me. Where's my violin gone? 
Yeah. <laughs> the other thing that worries me about, about Victor Mick is that he has no fear. So he will just throw himself in in a very dangerous situation to stop a goal, which is brilliant. It's what you want for a goalkeeper. We haven't really got much. I know we, we talked about Chapman being being the backup, but we haven't got anybody else after Victor. So want to talk about wrapping up in cotton wool. Just don't get injured, Victor. Whatever you do, just don't get injured. Can't approach it like that, though, can he? I know. As a I know. goalkeeper, you cannot approach a game like that. Um, he's got. It's got to be approached in, the, in in exactly the way that Victor would approach every other game, and and, and you know he will, you know. Um, so that that can't creep into any player's mind at any stage, can it? Um, otherwise, you end up, you know, just sort of nishing out of challenges and being a bit Kieran Sadley like. Um, so, which I, I said that slightly tongue in cheek, but that's very much how Kieran Sadley plays, you know. It's quite clear when he goes to to a, to a ball to get a, to, for a challenge or whatever that he's, he's always he's constantly thinking, "I don't want to get injured. I don't want to get injured." That's maybe because he's had injuries in the past. I don't know, but Victor is not that kind of bloke, mm. uh, as you say, and, and he can't afford to be because he will concede if you are definitely. Yeah, Chris Anderson, we're we're replacing a first choice keeper with a first choice keeper. That's big. That sums it up. Pretty well, to be honest with you. And Johnson's back shoot. Goalkeepers need to have no fear. As a mum of two keepers, it's gut wrenching to watch, uh, but they are less likely to get injured when they commit to their decision. One hundred percent. Exactly. A lot better than me. Much better yeah. than I put it. Yeah, and that's the case. Yeah, it is. Um, and that's why goalkeepers have to be a special breed because they have to all. Victor, Victor talked about. When we spoke to him at Christmas. He talked about enjoying that pain a, a little bit. Um, <laughs> Goalkeepers are always a bit mad, and Victor is a bit mad, I think. Um, but we love him for it. We love him all for it. Absolutely. Um, Ian Bradley, the real season is back Saturday. Make lots of noise. Fill New York Stadium. Regardless of what ha- what happens, don't leave early. Um, now, they've put out sort of a rallying call this week, Danny, from Warney and Woody, uh, basically asking the fans to get behind them. Don't leave early. Um, get behind the team. And that's the right thing. saying the right things. That's what we want for everybody to, everybody to do, I suppose. Yeah, exactly. I mean, um, I don't know. In the run-up to Wembley, he sort of got really nervy at, mm. at New York because we, I don't know what it was. Maybe we all had one eye on Wembley and um, oh, it was just getting to crunch time in the season and we still had the final to look forward to and it was like, Ooh, we don't want league form to drop because if we go there, you know, this, that and other. But... I think uh, the games that we have missed, results around us have been fairly kind. You know, I mean, we've been saying for since like the tenth game that it's going to be us and Wigan fighting it out at the top, and I've been saying that we need to match Wigan all the way. And MK Dons have snuck in with their two games in hand, um, but now the ball's in our court to get back in the automatics because one game will swing it now, one game in hand will swing it for us. Um, you know, it's, it's not nice dropping to third when everybody else has played, but it is now in our court and we always seem to play better when we're the chasers and not the chased. You know, a complete switch in mentality now, which is something we've got to look forward to and uh, something we can get behind the lads for. Um, and I, I just really hope that New York is absolutely rocking on Saturday. You know, like think uh, when we played Aldershot or Preston, you know, this is crunch time for our season now. And... Um, don't please don't leave early unless you absolutely have to. You know, if you're going home for your tea, just tell whoever's making it just to wait an extra ten minutes. You know, <laughs> like uh, I'll have my tea at um, at six o'clock instead of half past five. You know, if you're going to beat tra- traffic, it's fine. You know, you, you can wait a little bit because you might be the difference that like, that could win us the game. You know, like, little extra volume, mm-hmm. and all the players we've spoke to, like we, we spoke to Alfie and. And to Trevor, and, and they all said the fans can make the difference sometimes. If you're playing in a big stadium and the crowd's on their team's back, you start thinking, we've got a here, we have to keep going. But on the reverse side of that, if you're under the cosh a little bit and the fans keep encouraging you to, uh, keep encouraging you to keep going, then it gives you that extra 10%. And after the victory at Wembley, we should be giving them an extra 30%. You know, because we've won a trophy for the first time in however long it is. Uh, so we could really, really get behind the lads 
on Saturday and really get them over the line. And the best thing is Victor will be in my vlogs again. He'll be coming running <laughs> up and smiling in the vlogs again. And I really hope he waves because it'll be funny. <laughs> you make a good point there, Danny. You make a really good point. And and the and, and that being that, you know, if you get on the team's back, that raises the opposition. If you don't get behind the team, that raises the opposition. You think of you coming to New York Stadium on Saturday afternoon as a Charlton player, and the crowd's quiet, the crowd's nervous. That puts you on the front foot straight away as a player. So by by, by being quiet and by not be getting behind the team, what you're actually doing, what we are actually doing, is encouraging the opposition. We're giving the opposition that encouragement. We're not just not encouraging ours, we're actually encouraging the opposition. We need to be absolutely behind them, 100% winning or losing, and I know that's not going to happen. It's, I don't know whether it's a changing generation. I, 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 don't, I get a keep going back to this, but it never used to happen when I were a lad. Um, it didn't, you know, you, you, could, you could be losing 2 or 3 nil, and, and the, the crowd would still be behind the team. There are only two or 3,000 of us at the most, but we would still be encouraging the team, encouraging getting behind, not like it is now. So we need to listen to what the manager, listen to what the captain's saying. Let's get it. Let's get behind that team, encourage the Millers and not the opposition. Yeah. Yeah, and Chris Anderson, if there was ever a prime example of why you should never leave a game early, Jordi SI 2-2 goal at Wembley. Correct. I've, I've, seen, I've seen stories about that where people have been going out, ready to leave early and they've had a little glance back to see how we're playing and they've mm. scored and there's been absolute chaos on the steps at Wembley. It's like, that is why you don't leave early. <laughs> you know, that is why football should never be a stopped time game because it just keeps going and keeps going and keeps mm. going and you could have 96 minutes added but they could play 97 because there's been another stoppage. You know, mm. you never leave until the last whistle goes because that's, that's what you're taught as kids when you play football, always play to the whistle. So I think we should all support to the whistle. Mm. Yeah, I also liked uh, uh, this. May not happen, but I'd like to see fans getting a little bit early 20, 15 minutes. Fuck, it, it, it's quite quiet at the ground. Let's try and get in early. Let's hopefully get they'll put some decent songs on. We'll get free from desire and hopefully things like that and get the atmosphere building, get it building before the kickoff. That's what I'd like to see. If everybody watches and listens to this, try and get in early. And if you're listening from the club, let's put some songs on, let's put some tunes, let's get everybody going. Um, because they need it. Well, they don't need it. They could probably do it without us, but us being loud will help. And like Nick said, it, it, if we're not loud, it could push the opposition. Just to um, bounce off that, <clears throat> Matt, um, Warnie and, and Hammy have said that they have chosen some good songs for the warm-up. Uh, yeah. So hopefully they are uh, the bounce-raising songs, because from the scenes at Wembley when Free From Desire was on, we can be like that every week. Good grief. They'd have to do a structural yeah. assessment at New York, <laughs> wouldn't they? They've got, be, they've got to be clever when they play them, though. It's no good playing those songs at 20 past two. They've got to be clever. They've got to play mm. within the last 15 minutes before kickoff to drag people out at bar and to get them into the stand and listen to the songs and get it get it, get it, it bouncing a little bit. Um, I hope they do. I'm sure they will. You know what I mean? It's not, they're not, we haven't got idiots running our club, have we? You know what I mean? We've got a good club, we've got a good club, we've got people running it. Um, so we'll, we'll probably number one, they're probably not listening. The number two, if they are listening, they've probably already got this sorted already. So sorry, everybody. <laughs> um, Tom Smith was sat behind me, Mick and Ben at Wembley. Um, could be Tom who I hugged it was you know, one of those moments where you just hug a random. Um, so, hi, Tom. Um, <laughs> Ellie McGuire is with us. Thank you, Ian, Liam. Um, Ian Bradley, let's talk about the, the promotion battle in general. Uh, Ian Bradley, MK can't keep playing relegation fodder every week. Well, I think they've still got to play crew two more times, I think. Uh, no, that's a joke. I'm not really playing crew twice more. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they've got Wimbledon on Saturday, which again is, is you would say on paper, make it's relegation fodder, but it's Wimbledon MK Dons. This is both of those biggest games of the season. And yeah. Wimbledon have had a change of manager. So... If I was an MK Dons fan, I would be going, oh my God, this is written in the stars for them to do us. Now, it might not happen, but as if I, I put myself in their shoes, that's exactly what I'd be thinking. Oh God, yeah, absolutely. And if I'm if I'm Wimbledon's new manager, I'm all over that like a cheap suit, definitely. You know, 
And and it's a grudge match. Do not underestimate Wimbledon. They're not a bad side. They're not. They're, I mean, they're not brilliant. Don't get me wrong, but they have the ability to cause an upset without a shadow of a doubt. They have that ability, um, and they will have more motivation than any of the other ninety football league clubs to play MK Dons on on Saturday and to beat them. More motivation than it's any other club. Push. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in fact, probably more than the other ninety all put together. Um, <laughs> and it's true, you know. And the Wimbledon fans will be all be oh, will be right behind them. So yeah, they've got a big, big, big ask for for McDonald's on Saturday. And to be fair, looking at their running, that's probably one of their easiest games of the season. So you know, coming up. So yeah, nah, don't let's not. Uh, is uh, is that game at Wimbledon's or MK's ground? Wimbledon. Oh, that's going to be a tasty yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, yes. Exactly. I've heard people say, well, let's talk, we're going to talk about the Rotherham sort of self and how we're going to play and formations and whatnot. But I've heard people say, oh, Rotherham's running. Um, and to, let's put some context to this. Our running is Charlton, Pompey away, Ipswich at home, Burton away, Oxford at home, Sunderland away, and Gillingham at home. Now, fair enough, Pompey are a decent enough team, but they are a mid-table team. Ipswich, a decent enough team, but they're a mid-table team. Oxford are in the playoffs, but their fate could be sealed by the time we play them. In fact, they probably will be sealed by the time we play them. Sunderland are a mid-table team who will probably be... They might have something to play for. They might do. And Gillingham, last game of the season, who the run that they've been on, their fate will probably be sealed. So... If you actually take it, take it in, and don't just look at oh, this, that's, they're a big name, they're a big name, and look at them where they are on the table, Danny. The running is not terrible, and the teams that do suit us the way they, those teams play can suit us. I mean, if you compare it to us and Wigan's running, their running sort of fluctuate. Like they play teams mm-hmm. lower end and then top end. Um, it's like Wigan are playing. Um, can't think of their fixtures, but they've I know got, they've got. I'll, go, I'll, I know I'll they, you now. They've got Lincoln away on Saturday, not easy. Burton away, which we've got soon. Cambridge at home, Ipswich away, Plymouth at home, Portsmouth away, and finish at Shrewsbury away. Uh, so, like I say, it's a bit um, staggered up and down. So their running could uh, could have anything that could happen. And uh, Ian's just put uh, MK's running. That's fantastic. And I was thinking, one of them's got Chef Wednesday to play, which will be an hard game because they'll want to finish well. And it's MK, yeah. so that uh, and Argyle as well. So, like they're I say, it's a bit... for me, their running is, is horrible. They've got Wimbledon on Saturday, which is a massive derby game. They've yeah. got Wednesday on Easter Saturday, where Wednesday are going to take loads, and Wednesday are mm-hmm. fighting for getting playoffs. Oxford, who when when MK Dons playing, will be fighting to stay to get in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. They've then got MK Dons the week before. Uh, sorry, Morecambe, sorry, who are fighting for the lives and probably will be fighting for the lives. And Plymouth, who are one of the form teams in England right now, may not be on the last day of the season, but th- that that's that for me, that's harder than our running. I love yeah. That. yeah, I think so. And you have to look at our running as well and say we've beaten all of those teams bar two, and then other two mm. were draws. Now we drew with Charlton when they were one of the informed teams, and we drew with Oxford because they just stopped us playing, didn't they, at their place? Mm. And the weather was horrible as well. Yeah. But the other ones we've beaten already. So that would be the team talking dressing room all the, uh, all the way. You've beaten this lot once before, so you know you can do it, but we just need mm. to do it again. You know, that would be on wall. We've beaten them once, now let's go and do it again. And then with uh, Charlton and Oxford, it's like we've had strong draws against them, now let's go one better. You know, but... I'm, I'm saying all this. I bet your warning's already run through it with everybody, and oh, yeah. because all the players have said he's the motivator. You know, he's he's the one who gets you <clears throat> geared up for a game. Um, but with us, we can't be looking at the games that are coming up just to put in a bit of hindsight, to, um, uh, hypocritical stuff to it. We can't be looking at the games that are two or uh, two or three away. We need to focus mm-hmm. on Charlton on Saturday. Get Charlton over the line, right? Put a right Portsmouth, get them over the line, etc. etc. And I've spoken to a few people and they've said, um, all, all of those seven games, you can see us winning them, we probably won't win all seven, but it's a still a strong argument of, well, why can't we? You know, like, I know I'm saying this after we've had a, a bit of a stinking run, but if you look at how Liverpool did after they won the EFL trophy, uh, EFL Cup. 
they've gone on a, on a big run and are now threatening top of the league, maybe it's our turn now. Mm. You know? Yeah. And and, 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 MK, and people said this about us when we were in that run and we went 21 games of beat and people were saying, and it, it's got to end at some point. And it did. And that for me, Mick, is what I would say about MK Don's run. MK Don's run has been amazing. Genuinely, the run they've been on has been ridiculous. But it can't last forever. And and you had pressure in there. We didn't have the pressure. We were just it was middle of the season. You just had games. Now you've got pressure. How are these players going to react to pressure? They, they've built a really good, hungry, young squad. So, mm. With a really young, hungry manager, but he's young. So you don't know how... And Wigan's manager is relatively inexperienced in terms of a manager. So there's lots of question marks on those other teams. How are they going to react to being top of the league? How are MK Don's going to react to being in the pole position in terms of promotion? There's lots of questions on their part, and those questions don't really exist because we know what we can do. We've, we're setting, you know, we know what to do if that sort of makes sense. Yeah, it does, and all of that. We've also been through the mill as well before, so we've got yeah. that experience of going through these high pressure games unsuccessfully sometimes, successfully other times. So we know what it takes. Um, all we need to do is get back to playing the way we were playing, and we started that process last Sunday. Um, towards the back end of that game and, and, and into extra time, they need to believe in themselves again. I think they fell out a little bit. That that belief fell out of their psyche players for a while. Um, maybe even as coaching staff as well, I don't know. Things fell flat, but last Sunday will be a catalyst for us, I think, and, and push us on. It'll push us on. We're good enough. We're good enough to take these next seven games by the scruff of the neck and win them all. No question about that. We are good enough. We all know that. Mm. So, yeah, uh, Danny, Steve Gundy, Danny, you're comparing Rotherham with Liverpool. <laughs> I've, I've had far too many conversations with my mate Carly, and she, she's a Liverpool fan, and she uh, does football training with us in our charity match preparation. Um, and yeah, I will compare Rotherham with Liverpool because I remember having the conversation with her after Liverpool won the EFL Cup saying Rotherham will be the next team to win a trophy at Wembley. And this was before <laughs> we played Hartlepool. And um, and I don't know. I don't know. We could be um, League One Liverpool. I've said that, it's going to come back and bite me now. But anyway. It might do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Let's see how it goes. We've got... A month. We've got how many weeks left? We've we got at season now. We've got one, two, three, and a bit weeks, and then we'll know if we might be in the playoffs. We might not be in the playoffs. Um, it's what football's all about. It, obviously, last Sunday was a, was a microcosm of the season. It was it was full of highs and lows, and last Sunday, thankfully, went high in the end. That's how a football season works. We know we know we're Rotherham fans. We know the ups and downs. Um, just enjoy it. Try and enjoy it, even the stressful parts. Just try and enjoy them. Um, YouTube user, we are the best team in the league, full stop. Agreed. We are. It's, it's absolutely right. We are. Yeah. yeah, it is. Right, we're going to have a quick word from our sponsor, Manscaped, who can sponsor this episode. And then we'll be back and we're going to turn our attention to how we think we're going to set up on a Saturday afternoon as Charlton come to town. Manscaped, who very kindly decided to sponsor us. Uh, they're promoting their new product, the Lawnmower 4.0. Um, which is kind of well known for reducing cuts uh, and making it a lot easier to trim your balls. Uh, you can buy this separately or in a bundle called the Performance Package, which also, which in that you get a ball toner, ball toner, and ball deodorant, uh, which are actually very handy um, because they're specifically designed for your balls, so they they work very well. Uh, I would highly, I highly recommend all of this. Uh, the lawnmower, it comes with a little light. Uh, comes with a little light there that comes on when you when you turn the, the razor on. So, it's very good. It comes with a little charging port, oh, which is also a little holder. Yeah, I highly recommend it. I use it. And I, I highly recommend it. You highly recommend it, Ben. You highly recommend that somebody goes to manscaped.com and enters the code NYT. Free shipping and 20% off. So that's manscaped.com for 20% off free shipping using the code NYT. And Ben either recommends it. <laughs> ben, that's not it. Hey? 
<laughs> when that stops being funny, we'll stop using it. Uh, it stopped being funny a long time ago, mate. <laughs> it up to you. Um, I love them. I love it. Um, Steve Grundy says, Danny, when, when you met him at Wembley, you seemed sensible. After Liverpool comment, I don't think he agrees. <laughs> That's the first time someone's described me as sensible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, let us move on. So, Saturday afternoon, uh, we mentioned John Athletic, tough game. Make sure you get in early, get behind the team. How are we going to set up, Mick? And that has now become another question because it's been 3-5-2 since day one of the season and it's it been working. Uh, the team stopped working for me, whatever, stopped working for a little while. And then on the hour mark last Saturday, we went to 4-4-2 and there was an instant, instant improvement in the way we played in individual performances. Now, I'm going to put it out there straight away. I love 3-5-2. I, love I think it's brilliant. But... Let's have devil advocate. I'm going to play the role of the four four two fan. Mick, tell me why we should stay three five two. Why would you change it? Why would you change it? So you're good at. I mean, you're taking your evidence based on one game after sixty minutes against the League Two side playing on biggest pitching country in a cup final. We're dead on the feet at that point anyway because we'd run and ragged. Are we saying that then? That that is the the formula for going forward against every team. It can't possibly be, can it? I mean, that that, it could that be. you look at it in that perspective. If you put it into that that perspective, it's a mad suggestion. Because we've played thirty nine games, league games, we've managed to troll eighty points from those those thirty nine league games, mm. playing a different formation. The first time we play that formation is in the circumstances I've just outlined to you there against a really tiring team from a league below us. And yeah, it worked. Wow, who knew? Who'd have thought? You know what I mean? It depends. Look, ultimately, it depends the way Charlton play. It depends how that that the management the management team uh, assess where the threats are from Charlton and where they consider we can hurt them the most. And I would suggest it. I personally would stick with the three-five-two. I would stick with it because it's what we know. But he has that option to change it. We've got the players to change it, and we've got that that little bit of experience from last week to change it up if we need to. But to, to I mean, for me, dropping into a four-four-two now because it worked for thirty minutes in extra time at Wembley is 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 as knee-jerk as you could possibly get. That's my view. Mm. Okay. The argument, the other argument would be is that it allowed individuals to shine. Chio, as we know, is yeah. an attacking player, and he plays Ireland as, as, as almost a forward. We're asking him to play a defensive position. You could say the same about Miller. Um, you could say something about Hardy playing him out of position as a centre back. That would be another argument: is you're getting the best out of your best players to play in four four two. But then it does it restrict you, Danny, because if you go four four two, as we've all talked, we all love Woody. But he's not the fastest guy in the world. And if you put Woody in a two, and we and this did happen against Sutton, it got it got isolated once or twice. It got isolated, and he found himself in real trouble because he didn't have anybody else to help him cover. Yeah, exactly. I think um, the uh, the four four two argument. I think with uh, with Warney even said they were just going for it. You know, they knew that they were being <clears throat> slightly stupid with three five two, and so they just made a couple of changes. And bear in mind, we could make five subs. So it's a little bit easier to change the formation going it that way. And yeah, we were very good as at four four two because it gave Chio a lot more freedom with um, with Harding playing as the out and out right back and Chio as your out and out right winger. Um, but like Mick, but like Mick says, you know we've won eighty points out of th- in thirty nine games by playing three five two. Um, so something's gone right, hasn't it? <laughs> Um, yeah. But I've just been just been working it out on my little bit of paper, and technically we could go from three five two to four four two in two substitutions. So if we are a little bit restrained by Charlton playing five three two, we could go four four two in two subs. Um, however, I think if we do play three five two against Charlton we should see a lot of success because we'll see the overload in midfield of our five to their three. Um, and 
the only issue probably will be trying to get through their back line. But if we've got our two wing backs and our two forwards going through on goal, we could see a bit of success with that, to be honest. Mm. Um, obviously, we, we, we're saying this and we're not qualified football managers or anything. You know, we, we don't study the charts and, and the positions and we know we don't really know what everybody's fully capable of. Um, so I'm sure Warney's got it on his big black big blackboard at the training ground, planning it out already. But I, I personally think we'll go three five two to start with against Charlton, and if it isn't quite going our way, we can go to four four two in two subs. So that could work mm-hmm. in our favour as well. It's yeah. just deciding uh, who shuffles their position into midfield, who goes off, who comes on as your out and out left back because we don't really want to be playing Mikel Miller as a left-back. So, would you have Ferguson on? But then would you bring Ferguson on? You know, it's mm. it's, it's, all, it's all that debate, isn't it? Um, but, like I say, in my personal view, it will be 3-5-2 against Charlton, because it seems to uh, go up against their lineup better than 4-4-2. Yeah. Uh, Chris Anderson, keep the 3-5-2, but if it's not working, don't be hesitant to change it to 4-4-2 push the wingers forward and I think that's that's the important thing Mick and that's what we saw against Shrewsbury is that the changes were negative I know we're down to 10 men but the changes tactical changes were negative we can't be doing that at this stage of the season we need to be positive even if you're down to 10 men we yeah. need to be making positive changes and if you would you can't be scared to go right it's, even at nil nil you can't be scared to go right this three-five was not really working 20 minutes let's just go 4-4-2 let's get cheer up ball blah 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 we want as a as a fan, I want to see a bit more positivity and, and you know forward thinking mm. in terms of that. If it needs to change, if big if in it, yeah, yeah, I can't, I can't argue with that. I, it is an option, but I don't want to. I don't particularly want to hang my hat on it at all. Um, we, we've done perfectly, perfectly well without it uh, up to now. Yeah, I know, I know that performances have dropped off. I don't think that's anything to do with with with. The formation that we play, I genuinely don't. It may be a little bit that teams have found us out, not necessarily about formation, but the way that we press, where we press, how we press, what areas of the pitch we press, and what we're asking them, what we're what we're trying to force the opposition to do, where we're trying to force them to play the ball rather than the positions that we're actually playing in. So that when you when you look back, there was, we 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 sort of signposted people to an article that was on social media about halfway through the season about mm. the tactics and the methods that Rotherham United use uh, in the press, how they close players down and and, and, and what they try to do. Um, nothing to do with formation. We could continue to still continue to use those methods in a 4-4-2 formation or, or any other. Um, it was to do with what we're trying to get the opposition to do. And obviously... Teams have worked that out and, and trying to combat that. So I don't think it's a positional, uh, sorry, a formation issue necessarily. Um, but it's something that still needs changing up. You know, we're trying to do something that's not working, or we have been. Um, but eh, all that's mint imperial now, isn't it? It really is. Just get that ball in back at net, however you do it. <laughs> Yeah, uh, well, that's Sam, Sam Darvison's thing. We just need to take our chances, stop making the play look pretty. And that's thing, something I felt like we lost a bit, Danny, during uh, during the last month or so, that we stopped taking those chances, not not in terms of converting chances, but in taking those shots from outside the box that Chio did and Wiles did at Wembley, just being a bit braver in the shot. And we talked about, <coughs> minutes ago about braver in the tactics. The players just need to be a bit braver in those positions, not going to Kieran Sadler and smashing it every five seconds, but being brave. I have a shot from 25 yards. You know what I mean? And that's what we saw at Wembley, and that's what got us those amazing goals. By being a bit braver. Mm. <clears throat> and I think some of that goes down to fatigue, because mm. we, we were very fatigued um, heading into into the Shrewsbury game. And uh, now we can see how we... How, much confidence we play with at Wembley, like you say, taking those opportunities and not being afraid to have a go and rather than playing it back and playing it safe. That's probably come down to us having a little rest and just uh, we've just put our heads together and gone, right, where haven't we been playing 
playing well or taking our chances right. But let's, let's do that a bit better. And since that time has happened, we've had two wildies scored at Wembley, an absolute rocket of an header from Icky, and um, <clears throat> a very, very well-taken goal in the last minute from Uzi Tutu. Because um, you, you watch it back and the technique he's got on it, it's like to have that calmness in the 96th minute really shows how far he's come as a Rotherham player as well. And that'll do his confidence a load of good. And I think now it's just about taking that whole aura that we got from Wembley and applying it to these next seven games. You know, like have the confidence to have a go, have the confidence to take a run. You know, don't be scared to play a little bit out of your own comfort zone rather than just playing it safe and just keeping possession sort of thing. Because when we lose possession, we just press uh, we just press teams into oblivion, or well, we used to anyway, we used to press, press teams into oblivion and when make them make mistakes and win the ball back. And that's another thing that three five two offers you to do. It allows you to press high up the pitch. But we've got very competent defenders in Woody and Icky and, and Harding in that back line and Reg as well, who understand that if the ball goes long, they can deal with it and get it back <clears throat> on the floor and not hoof it forwards. And by the looks of it, Charlton are very much not a hoofball team, but they do like to play it long from the back because their keeper's got two assists this season. <laughs> You know, you, you watch uh, you watch Connor Washington's goal from a couple of weeks ago, and the keeper just gets the ball, quick, plays it out very, very quickly, and just hoops it, hoops it downfield, not taking away Washington's finish in the matter because it's exquisite. But we don't play like that. But with Victor in goal, he might look for the pass a little bit quicker and get us moving again. You know, play it out wide to Chio or or to whoever's on the left hand side and get it going a bit better. Um, and I think that's the confidence we'll take from Wembley. We won't be sitting back going, you know, a bit nervous. We need to try and grind results out. We're now in the last seven. It's like, yeah, let's go for it. You know, last seven. If we make it, it'll be extraordinary. Um, but if we don't make it, we're still one of the best teams this football club's ever had on paper. But we, ju- we just need to take that last box, you know, take that last box and <clears throat> it'll be incredible. Open bus stop parade with two trophies, imagine. Imagine. Um, Jamie says in three five two, it doesn't allow Chio and Miller to be good wingers. That's true. It just restricted defensively. Yes, I'm not wearing this. But it, it, it asks them to do more defensively, doesn't it? There's a couple of points there. That, the, the, the one that Sam made about not stop making it look pretty, and 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 you know, I I, I think we've stopped making it look pretty since Accrington. I don't think we've we've played that game that we played the, towards the beginning of the season that allowed us. To, to 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 dominate teams the way that we did, and 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 that's also not allowed us to utilise Chio Miller or Fergie, depending on who's playing in those wide positions, the same because we've not played with that same sort of fluidity, that same sort of flow to the game. Um, so I don't listen. Ultimately, I don't care. I genuinely, I don't care. I just want to win, and I don't care how we win. I don't care whether it is hoofball, whether it's ticky tacky, whatever it is. I'm not interested. I don't care. But I just, I don't know whether that drop off in confidence has come as a result of the fact that we've just not been knocking the ball about like we did, and that because that allowed us, that allowed us absolutely to dominate these teams. For me, not Charlton though. Not Charlton yeah. though, would it? That was, that was the start of the the, the kind of drop off in form, weren't it? It was the start of that period where we would start to drop off a little bit. No. Okay. <laughs> oh, hang on, that was international break. When, when did we play Charlton? Danny, you went in November, wasn't it? In November, it was just before Christmas, weren't it? Yeah, it was, a, it was on Tuesday night. It, <clears throat> it was, I think it was a fixture that got moved to a Tuesday. I think. Yeah, it were because originally it was meant to be in a, the game before Portsmouth on a Saturday and it weren't Saturday, it was Tuesday night. Mm. Um, I'll find out, mate. Um, but yeah, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. Um, let me find it for you. I've got it here, mate. When are we saying? November. Not November it was in wealth, I think. Second. Second of oh. November. So it was before an international break. So we'll let you have that we'll we'll one, mate. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Liam McGarry on head to head. Just wondering when was the last time we beat Charlton at New York? Remembering the games against them, I feel like they are a bogey side. Yes, Liam, they are very, very, very much a bogey side. 
Do you want to have a guess? We haven't beat him in the last. We haven't beat him in the last seven, have we? Last seven. Do you know, Mick? Do you want to go guess the year? Last time the uh, we beat them. It's not like forties or something stupid like that. It's eighty-one. Eighty-three. Ooh, close. So, <laughs> quite a long time ago. Um, the hour book is broken, isn't it? Exactly. I was thinking about the day when I, when I looked at that stat. It's been a season of breaking records. Mm. You know, the first things in X amount of years. This is what Paul won did last season in championship. How many doubles did we do last year or whatever? Um, this is what this team do. The, the, the breaking down barriers of the club. Um, so hopefully, 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 we can see another one uh, this weekend. Ian Bradley, uh, be very wary of players in mid-table teams playing for contracts. Yeah. Mm. Paul will mention, also mention that it's pretty much that teams that have nothing to play for are potentially more dangerous than teams fighting for lives or or, vice, or whatever. So that's a very, 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 very good point. Uh, Liam McGarry also asks, Mick, uh, just wondering who would you start at left wing back on Saturday? Because they wouldn't want to drop Miller, but Ferguson did enough to be to play in that position on Saturday. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's a difficult question, Mick, because Fergie was arguably the best player on the pitch for the period he was on the pitch. But Miller... Is so frightening at times for as an as a as an attacking player. Yeah, mm. uh, I stick with I stick with Mikel Miller. To be honest with you, I feel he's more dangerous going forward, and and I think he has got more frailties at the back, but we're strong enough at the back there to cover for him. I think uh, cover for those sort of um, failings, uh, if that's the right word. So I. I, I We've got, we, we need an attacking side and and yeah, I'm not going to argue about Fergie were brilliant, but that was in the Wembley Cup final, you know mm. and, and that's not to say he's not been great for the, the, the season, but whether he's going to be able to replicate that performance you know, on a Saturday afternoon at New York Stadium is, is, is another matter uh, we know what Mikel Miller's capable of and, and and that pace out wide on both flanks is, is, um, is frightening for me, so uh, mm. yeah Miller. Not Aussie 2 2. Not at the moment, no. Not at the moment. Uh, I think he's, he's a player to be. He's, he's a player that he's a bit part player for us. He's only ever going to be that because he's a lone player and he's not, you know, he's not going to be with us, probably not going to be with us next season. Um, no, not for me. Okay. Uh, Steve Grundy says Chesterfield used to be our bogey team, but look where they are now. Very, very bad point. Um, let's have a look. We've got a few predictions. PowerMed UK, Victor Harding. This is PowerMed UK's prediction lineup. We've got Victor in goal, obviously. Uh, he would go Harding, Woody Icky, Lindsay, Wiles, Barlasa, Chio and the Miller on the sides, and Smith and Freddie up top for him. Mm. Danny, how close is that to what you would start with? Um, it's, it's basically bang on that, actually. Um, the only one that's maybe a bit of a you, you know, maybe change it is maybe Reg coming in for Harding, but Harding's been exceptional in defence. Yeah. Um, maybe like his Ladipo starting fit, yeah. You know, we didn't really see him that much against um, <clears throat> against Sutton, but then you know, do you take that gamble? You've got the second highest goal scorer at the club, but you can take the gamble of him bagging early. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd say that's more or less bang on to be fair. Mm. That get yeah. you your free beanie from Fan Hub, that wasn't it? <laughs> no, your free yeah, pint. That's what it'd be. Your free pint, pint now, isn't free it? Pint, yeah. Uh, Paul Brooks says, "What about Rathbone?" I think he didn't have the best game, Mick at Wembley, and I think Lindsay deserves a chance. Rathbone, mm. I'm not. Uh, this is not a massive dig at Rathbone because he has been brilliant. And Andrew's worth mentioning. Rathbone's picked up a minor, very, very minor knock. Yeah. I'm sure he should be fit. But when Lindsay came on, he were really, really good in that midfield. And it might be just me loving Jamie Lindsay, but I feel like Jamie Lindsay deserves a chance again. Yeah, I think you're probably right. I don't think it was an issue with it when he came on. I thought he did well when he came on. Um, I was just looking at my fan up uh, prediction from for, that I've got down for Saturday, and I've gone Victor, Wes, Woody, and Icky at the back, Chio and Mikel Miller on the left and right, um, Barlasa Wiles. I've gone for Ollie Rathbone because I didn't know he was injured, so I might swap him out now. And then Freddie and Smithy. So I think it's it's pretty much pretty much the same as as most, isn't it? You know we're going to get the other one or two variations, but we all know we all know what our strongest most attacking side is. Um, 
So it may be, it may be. I think as Liam's put in there that uh, in the comments that um, Woody might not be fit. He might not be ready. Who knows? Um, but again, Hardy, Nicky, and Reg at the back. Oddly, a big deal, isn't it? You know what I mean? <laughs> no, that's very true. Very, very true. Um, yeah, I think I think if, if fitness permits, I think most people's would would have Woody and Nicky. Uh, Lee McGarry, as, 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 as I mentioned, like you mentioned, hasn't put Woody in. But I mean, but you got to think. We've part of got to think about games ahead as well. We've got a massive long trip down to Pompey in a couple yeah. of days' time, so that's got to be part of their thinking. Um, uh, what's we going to speak then? Sorry, no. I, I'm just saying with uh, Liam McGarry's lineup, that would actually be my lineup for Portsmouth permitting. Mm. Um, but I think because Woody's just captain the side at Wembley to a victory, I, for me, I'd put him in. Uh, for the Charlton game because he's had nearly the week's rest and he'll be on mm. cloud nine as well. Unjust. Uh, so that that'd be mine be put in. But I, I agree with Lindsay in for Rathburn because, like you say, he's, he he won't really. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know how you word it because he's a, he's a fantastic footballer. But at Wembley, I don't know if it was the occasion that got to him a little bit, or if he's another one that just needs a rest. Um, and I think that might be the case against Charlton because he has picked up that minor knock and mm. we are in the position where we don't need to risk him. Um, so, yeah, I think Lindsay will come in. Um, and I'm sure we'll touch on this towards the end, but I've got a bit of extra news in regards to Lindsay that people might like to hear. So, hopefully, he does get his chance on mm. Saturday. Yeah. And you also think about Rathbun. If you take Rathbun out for a couple of games, it'll be like a caged animal. <laughs> you know, when he actually comes back <laughs> in the team, just, it, it'll just be... Frothing her mouth to get back on pitch, so there's that side of it as well. Yeah, um, which mm. is very good. Um, the big news, it's not big news because he played last week, Mick, but Freddie's back. We've got three potentially four strikers available, and Freddie just gives you that option. And we know Freddie scores goals, and we've got him up. We can we can play him whether it's only half an hour at end or whether he can start. It's such an option to have for a team pushing for promotion. Yeah, yeah, he's a goal scorer, isn't he? He'll have a few, he'll have a few more goals in him this season, I'm sure. So, uh, so yeah, it's, it's it's great to have him back. It's it's really important for us to have him back. And George Kelly's getting fit as well. I don't know whether he will play a part at all this season. To be honest, uh, he may or may not. We'll have to wait and see on that. Uh, if if these two stay fit, I don't think he will. Um, but, but we'll see. But yeah, it's good to have him back. It's good to have him back. I just want I want the I want the hard working Freddie. You know, um, that, that's what I that's what we want, and I'm sure that's what we're going to get. Absolutely, yeah. I, it's, it's crazy to think after what happened in January that we're all. I'm personally very excited to see Freddie back in the team, and on the 31st of January, I didn't think I'd be saying that. I really didn't think I'd be saying that. Um, but it is brilliant to have Freddie back, and I hope he starts Saturday. Um, not that JJ's done much wrong, to be honest with you, but Freddie's just a goal scorer, isn't he? Um, mm. Danny, what are your thoughts on Georgia Kelly? We've got a question somewhere up here from NSW. What are you, what's the latest on Kelly? Has he a chance to play in the final matches? There's been no news, and he was with the squad last week at Wembley, um, not not training or anything. But do you think we'll see him between now and three weeks' time? Um, I think if the situation suits, yeah, <clears throat> as one said in his um, in his advertiser piece today, that he were absolutely gutted that he had to tell the four players who didn't make the squad that they didn't make the squad and one of them was was Kelly um, because I imagine he's another one that's chomping at the bit to get back in, into football now rather than just <clears throat> just in training he wants to be on the football pitch playing um, and with our we've got another hellish April yay um, with that run in I think we will see him at some point there, were, there will be one game where either Freddie uh, JJ or Smith is a little bit fatigued from either the Saturday game or the Tuesday game that's gone prior and uh, they'll bring Kelly in on the bench so they don't have to play the whole game effectively um, so I can see that being utilised uh, we might see uh, a, Fre a Freddie Kelly up front at some point you know if Smith's a little bit fatigued or maybe even a, a Smith Kelly front two which would be quite frightening bear in mind they're both very strong headers of the ball and both like to go up for headers, but also very tricky with the feet. That would be interesting. Um, but yeah, I think it has just all come down to um, 
not match fitness, but Miller's fitness with Kelly. Mm. Because like when we spoke to Trevor Berry, the uh, Northern Irish, um, the Irish Premier, sorry, is a partially part-time league. They've only got like three or four fully professional teams. Um, and so to come into a league where everybody's professional, both intensity-wise and potentially training regime-wise, it's a big step up. Um, but I, I think we will see him at some point. I'm going to make a prediction, probably the Burton game. I think we might see him. Yeah, that's a good shout. It's not that long away. It's only a week on, week on Tuesday, isn't it, coming? <laughs> no, no. It's, it's, it's probably proper busy this last month, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> yeah. Well, we say Easter is a very important time in the football season. You know, you, I, I go back to the Easter weekend, uh, not last season, not last season, championship, championship season before, when we lost to Swansea, lost to Birmingham. That killed us. And there's still four games left or whatever it were. The Easter weekend is such a crucial weekend in the footballing calendar. And that's only next week. Um, so if you've come Easter weekend with six points, then you're probably going to be sitting pretty. If you come out with two points, other teams probably picked up at least four, or somebody's picked up some points somewhere. Um, hey, it's a crucial time of the season. It's what we, you know, we talked about last week. It's why we support football for this time of the season. So exciting, but also terrifying at the same time. Mick, <laughs> <laughs> um, you've lived, you've seen many more of these seasons than us. Um, Give us some calming, reassuring words to chill everybody out, but also, you know, rev us up as well. Come on. I think it. it's already been said in the comments. I um, can't remember who said it now. We are the best team in this division by country mile. There's no doubt. There's no question about that in my mind. No question. Um, all we have to do is play to our ability and we will be promoted. But it's not guaranteed, is it? It's no. not guaranteed because, you know, we haven't been... So that's the, that's the worry on people's minds, but mm. I'm I'm not going to nail any colours to mass because I don't want to tempt fate. I don't like. I don't like you. Like, but you know, you know my view. You know my view. We'll be fine. We're going to be fine. Come on. You know we we've got parts of playing this. Like we said, let's be positive. We are we are going to be going up this season automatically. So I thought you went nailing your clothes to matters. I've, just, I've changed my mind. I've changed my mind. <laughs> I'll change it again um, for the podcast, I'm sure. I'm sure you will. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, I'm sure you will. I'm sure you will. Uh, Daryl Ann Simpson uh, has given us a suggestion for Mariah Carey's next song. All she wants for Easter is six points. <laughs> uh, yeah. I want to, we all ask what we all want. All run fans uh, want that. I'll take six points as well. <laughs> Russ Vernon, last time the Millers and Charlton played with you, what would you won one as we said last 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 early on the season? Last time we played them at New York was a four-one battering at New York in 2015-16, which was the game before Redfern lost his, lost his job, if I remember correctly. Wasn't that the Trevor Kettle incident on our QPR, weren't it? No, that was Charlton. Or Charlton. Where I might, I, might, I might be wrong then. Oh, was I can't remember it. Oh, oh, where, did his knee? Didn't that he? were uh, Jimmy Proctor? Jimmy Proctor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, ref watcher is Ross Joyce for Saturday. He has refed us this season already. And if you if we fill for a few seconds, I will be able to tell you who he refed us against. Gillingham five one home to Gillingham. Uh, gave us two penalties. Sent a man off for Gillingham. Uh, and bearing in mind that Charlton have had two red cards in the last two games. Same against that, then. And at the last two games at New York, if you look at three games, if you count the England under-19s game, there's been three red cards, or a red card each in all of those games. I hope it's um, not us this time, man. But... I hope it's not us this time. Yeah. <laughs> Although, either way, it didn't work out for us. But red card yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Oh, Mick, Russell wants to know, we're going up as champions. Um. Yeah. Could, could everybody? I don't know if, if people are listening just told you. Could you feel the enthusiasm and the? You know? <laughs> I had to think about it, mate. You've got to think about it. You know, uh, uh, these this this ability to see into the future don't come naturally. It's some some I have to work at it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, of course uh, Danny, we are. You got some, yeah, of course we are. Uh, Danny, you got some Jimmy Lindsay. Uh, Jimmy Lindsay news. Yeah, um, apparently we are ready to offer him a new deal at the end of the season. 
uh, a new fresh deal that will see him here for another X amount of years. Uh, we do have a 12-month option on him already. So if he doesn't want to sign a new deal with us, someone will have to come in and pay for him. Um, as we know, Portsmouth are quite eager to sign him. But, you know, if we do get to the Championship, the law of Championship football might tempt him again. Mm. Um, but speaking of contracts, we're going to make a decision on Angus in the summer oh. and see if he can get back to that Championship Angus that we fell in love with last season. Uh, but also, Tony Stewart's ready to offer something out of the ordinary to keep Smith at the club. I have no idea what he means by that because he's keeping his cars very close to his chest. One of his giant cigars. It might be. Um, could be a statue out NYS. I don't I don't know. But, uh, yeah, we are ready to properly tempt Smith to stay in with us. Um, There'll be a lifetime supply of PIR lights for his mum's house. <laughs> <laughs> we'll strip your house out and redo your lights, Smith, if, <laughs> as long as you sign the new contract. Yeah. But yeah, um, yeah, so that's my news with uh, contracts at the minute. Uh, I do have a funny story to tell at the end when we've done all of the other business, and it's about one's 21st. So if anyone's already read it in the paper, you know what I'm on about, but I'll get on to it at the end when we've nearly finished. Okay. Um, yeah, but is there anything else you want to cover before I uh, tell everybody some some stuff? Oh, and score predictions. Shall we do some score predictions? Let me get my paper. Oh. It's three years this time. Mick, you said we're going to win league, so I assume it's going to be like a 4 0 win on Saturday. Yeah, I'll go with that, yeah. <laughs> Don't even think about it, will you? Why not? Don't even think about it. I will go it's with a very early. nearly 1 0. Very nearly. Danny? Uh, I've seen a lot of people who have gone for, you know, like 4 1s and 4 0s against Charlton, and I hate to be. Uh, like the Grinch in this situation, but I can't see us getting another four straight after Wembley. Um, I'm going to say we will win 2-1, I think. I like it. There we go. We've got Lim McGuire says 2-0, Paul Brook 3-0, Steve Grundy 2-0, Essex 4-2-1, Paramount UK 3-1, Harvey Kellick 1-0, Reese Kellick says 3-1, he says Smith Barlas of Wiles, as we on tip top, says 2 0 to the Millers. Geraldine Simpson, 2 uh, 0, one apiece for the Freddy. Reg, you RUFC has gone the only non win. He says 2 2. Come on, Reg. Come on, get aboard the. No, get on board Mick's positive train. Uh, <laughs> Russ Vernon. Do, do, does it actually mean 2 2 or does it mean 2 2 to score? Oh, you, I, it could just mean 2 2 to score. You might be right. Mm. Yeah, could be right. Could be, could be right. Um, yeah. So there we are. Thank you. Oh, Danny, tell your story. Right. So this is what Warney's told everybody in the advertiser. Um, so basically, it's, it's um, his recount of his 21st birthday. Uh, and, it, and I think he said it was in 1994. Uh, so I'm sorry to uh, pitch your age to the quadcast, Warney, <laughs> but there we go. Um, so he's just won the FA Vars with uh, this town. And he, and he won that the day before his 21st birthday. Right. Nice. So he's obviously gone out on the sesh afterwards for that, but apparently he's just found himself in um, in um, ta- um, Trafalgar Square about six o'clock in the morning, waiting for the trains to go home. Just decides to carry on, right? Because um, everybody's packed down the thing from the hotel, so he just gets straight on the coach and goes back home. And then he goes out for his actual twenty-first and wakes up in the spare room of a random pub. I think he said back out, back out in Norwich. <laughs> and he, <laughs> after asking the landlord, oh, have you got any spare rooms that I can crash in? Yeah, sure, Warning, no worries. So he went on a 36-hour sesh, which I have to admit, Warning, fair play. <laughs> went out of th- 36 hours for your 21st, fair play. I thought I did well drinking the Welsh under the table for my 21st, but 36 hours, Warning, fair play. That's another, that's another feather in your cap with the Millers fans. Well done. <laughs> There's no wonder and, uh, Pringle and Arnie liked him so much, didn't they? After them, yeah. the semi-final. But he has confirmed that none of the Millers went out for 36 hours after we won at Wembley. Uh, they were only out for the 24 hours before coming back to training on Tuesday. <laughs> I don't blame him. I don't blame him. <laughs> um, there we go. Thank you all for being involved. One thing I do want to mention is next season, pre-season, we're thinking about doing a live show somewhere to try and raise a bit of money for Rotherham Hospice. 
Now, this is very early in the planning stages. So, so we, Matt, Matt. I mean, as, as with everything on this podcast, it's either me or Danny. So, yeah, this one's me. I haven't even mentioned this to Danny yet, to be honest with you. But this is something we're thinking about. We're trying to raise a few quid if we can, and we'll do a live. You know, our preseason predictions, maybe find a pub or somewhere we can do that, um, sell some tickets and raise a few quid for Rotherham Hospice. It's just something we're thinking about doing. Uh, so, first of all, let us know if, you're in, if you would be interested in coming. Because we don't want to do it, and then you know, three people turn up, and one of them's my wife. That won't be very good. Anyway. <laughs> um, well, well, that's that's good. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Um, Danny's mum. So that's 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 our three. There you go. Um, yeah. Let us know if you're if you're interested. If if you'll be interested, come into it, and then any ideas what you want to see, what you might not want to see, you know, that type of thing. To follow us on Twitter, Irish underscore Pod, Facebook, New York Talk, emails, Pod at gmail.com. Um, make sure you subscribe on YouTube and Spotify and iTunes. That'd be amazing. Please do leave a five-star rating on iTunes if you possibly can. Um, we're creeping around the 100 mark every week when our when our episodes go out at the charts, the 100 sports podcasts in the iTunes charts. So if you can give us some more ratings and boost it all up, tell your friends. And as we said at the start of the show, get down to New York on Saturday. If you're unwilling and are in, whether you think you might go, might not, Get down there, get in early, make some noise. I don't know if they'll be bringing a trophy out or something like that, but hopefully they'll, they'll parade it around a little bit. Tunes will be banging. Just get behind the boys because three more home games left and seven games are three, only three games left this season. Get behind them because we can bring it home. We can bring this thing home. Mick, pleasure. Thank you very much. <laughs> Danny, <laughs> pleasure as always, mate. Yep, always a pleasure. I'll have a speak to you in the green room about maybe combining that charity thing with mm. the uh, the uh, Kimmy Park charity football game we're doing. I'm with you. We'll, we'll have, we'll have a chat about that. that. I'm sure Mick will bugger off for that. But we'll... <laughs> <He'll> put me <laughs> nearby, anyway. mate. We'll <laughs> <laughs> Alright, we'll see you next time, boys and girls. Thank you very much. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.